everyone, this is Sono. And I'm Amit, and you're listening to Moonspeak, your source for bi-weekly discussion of Sailor Moon Crystal. Sono is my magical girl senpai, guiding me in the paths of Sailor Moon. Prepare yourself to be enchanted as we bask in the glow of Sailor Moon Crystal Act 16, Abduction, Sailor Mercury. Remember to keep supporting the official releases of the show so we can get more by watching New Sailor Moon Crystal every first and third Saturday on Hulu, Crunchyroll, Nico Nico, and other fine sites. Yes. Alright, um, this was a action-packed, ass-kicking episode, so uh, let's just jump yeah. right into it. Wow, we, we did a lot this week. <laughs> a lot of stuff happened. Uh, picking up right from the end of 15... Uh, with with Ray being abducted by uh, Rubius and his army pants, <laughs> his his costume has always seemed so weird to me. He's just a dude in army pants and a tank top, while everyone else has these like really elaborate costumes. Yeah, it is a little weird. Well, I mean, I I can only gather that because they were infiltrating Earth, um, he picked up on the on the army pants and thought, like, you know what, that's really cool. I like those a lot. Maybe. I mean, he has the closest to a normal fashion that we've seen from enemies so far. It's because he's a soldier. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Berthier walked around this entire episode without pants on. Yeah. And no one re- had any problem with that. It was really weird. Like, you're, really, on, really you're weird. on national television with no pants. No one questions it. It could have been a bunny suit. I I don't I don't know. That's weird. Don't know. Uh, anyway, um, so uh, yeah, getting getting into uh, the thick of it. Um, so Usagi girls Chibusa uh, when she realizes that she saw Ray being taken, she accuses her of being aligned with Black Moon, and doesn't stop until Luna tells her to calm down. I think really in the heat of the moment, as scared as she was from losing one of her closest friends and someone who stuck by her through all of everything that happened in Dark Kingdom, I don't think it was unreasonable for her to kind of jump to this conclusion. She knows Chibiusa is connected to what's going on somehow, and she was in pretty heavy shock from this happening, and Rei being abducted is the very first time that Usagi hasn't been able to save someone. And it was someone that important to her. So she was really upset and really in shock from it. So, I mean, it's it's not an unreasonable conclusion to have jumped to. Yeah, I'm just surprised that she was, I don't know, genre-savvy enough um, to get it. But it's exciting, and I, I liked it, so... Um, let's see, uh, so Luna goes to Mamoru to help Chibusa, who is too upset to go back to the uh, Tsukino house. I love that Luna and Mamoru seem to have developed this kind of relationship since the end of Dark Kingdom. Like, Luna went over there by herself. She knows where he lives now, and knows how to ring his doorbell. Uh, Luna probably knows, like, she kind of messed up at the end of Dark Kingdom, and it's good to see her on friendly terms with Mamoru, and that she's been able to make that right, even to the point of calling him Mamochan, which is otherwise pretty much reserved for Usagi. So it's it's nice to see her treating him as kind of like one of the family. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting turn. Although, um, well, I hope I touch on this later. It kind of gets to uh, alienate Usagi a little bit, and I hope that's played out a little bit more as we go on. 
Um, so Chibi Usa, or <clears throat> Small Lady, as her mother yes. apparently called yes, her. Small Lady. Yeah, okay. Um, has a special key and a pendant that looks like the legendary silver crystal. Uh, she had a vision of a wasted city below a black moon and asks Mamoru of Sailor Moon, um, first of all, like, is strong, but second of all, can save her mother. Yeah, this is all very, very important foreshadowing. Uh, I'm glad they make really a note of everything, because this is all things that really build up. Uh, this episode really played with the notion of Sailor Moon very well, though. It built, everyone has built up to Chibiusa, Sailor Moon, as this kind of perfect, unbreakable, invincible creature, where Sailor Moon is basically talked to her as if she's some kind of, like, hero god. And then when Chibiusa is finally able to see this figure that she's been taught to idolize, the first thing she sees is Sailor Moon breaking. Sailor Moon is Invincible is what she remembers Mamoru telling her just earlier that day as she watches this holy figure completely break down and cry over losing her second friend. Yeah, I, and I mean, I, I can only imagine that, uh, you know, girls who were watching or reading along um, kind of had to feel the same way, especially if they were in the right age range. I, I think it was uh, well done enough that, it, I mean, I feel scared <laughs> about yeah. what's going to happen to everybody else. You know, it was definitely a very, very well-played moment, uh, very well-timed, uh, well-executed Oh, yeah, and uh, talking about what I was uh, referencing earlier, um, Usagi's really down about the whole Chiba Usa thing, and um, it seemed she felt at least extremely uncomfortable with, and at worst a bit betrayed by the fact that Mamoru and Luna brought Chibi Usa back to her house. Yeah, this has always skewed weird to me, and I think I mentioned this last time, but you can, I mean, you can definitely read it from the angle of Usagi feeling betrayed, because this is Mamoru and Luna, the two people she's closest to, kind of taking in this girl behind her back. And especially after she expressed to both of them that she's afraid of this girl and doesn't trust her. And it, you can take it as them kind of going against and dismissing her, her feelings about that. But this has always felt, I think to me and to a lot of people, like Usagi felt betrayed in a romantic sense. And it's always read that way to me, possibly due to the addition of Chibiusa's own behavior. Um, I'm not sure how far Crystal's going to take that, but Chibiusa always kind of did treat Mamoru as like, no, Mamoru is my boyfriend now. And I've kind of watched these scenes like, this is a six-year-old. Are you really threatened by a six-year-old? And it, it's just always seemed very, very weird to me that it went this direction because Chibiusa is six <laughs> right yeah it, it feels a little to me though um, like maybe I don't know just like she's kind of being replaced more than more than a romantic thing just like she's not and I'm not saying she um, like demands all this attention from Mamoru and from Luna but um, she's like a focal point to their existence, if we're honest, um, which happens in people's lives, really it does. Uh, and everything is kind of being shifted. I mean, not only have two of her friends been taken away from her, 
um, you know, by the end of the episode. But like, she's kind of losing, her, you know, her mom and dad and uh, her little brother. All like Jimmy was saying, like everything's kind of shifting towards her in, in this weird way. Like, I get a really unsettled feeling by all the changes that are happening because it seems like, uh, I, because it's so consistently. Uh, handled and written and, and like everyone is, you can tell, continuing on from where they were last time and they're all different from, from when the show started and they were introduced. Um, it feels like they're plotting along in a certain direction, but that maybe there's this other force that's lurking that they don't really know about that's like gonna form a sinkhole under them and they're all gonna collapse into it. Um, or a black hole, whatever, if you wanna make it more interstellar. Um, I'm sitting here just kind of smiling and nodding, <laughs> which uh, well, th- this format doesn't doesn't lend quite well to <laughs> facial expressions. But you're picking up on things. Well, I, I mean, and I think um, like this episode is like a five star episode for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, everything was great. Um, all these seeds that are planted, um, all these hints. I mean, even tying back stuff from a couple episodes ago. And I can kind of see a trajectory trajectory forming off of like two data points, and you're supposed to wait till you have three at least. But uh, I can already see it because you know the genre, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's like pretty damn solid, and uh, yeah, I guess I'll get back back to notes. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, well, it's good. It's it's just you're, that you're picking up good. on things though. You're you're noticing important kind of important narrative cues. So you're you're heading in the right direction. That's good. Good to know. Um, so uh, I love Ami's response um, that Usagi and Ray aren't chess pieces in uh, Berthier's game. Um, like that was so boss. Uh, she's so great protecting Chibiusa, or should I say Rabbit? Because um, that was thrown out there. Chibiusa which makes has sense. so many names in this arc. Yeah, small lady, Rabbit, Chibiusa. That's very strange. Um. But, like, that was fantastic. Um, it's a little ironic that Chibiusa was there watching when maybe she should stay away, because they seem to be, uh, she seems to be, like, the MacGuffin this season. Yeah, this she, she definitely is. Uh, she's definitely kind of at a focal point here. Uh, but I don't think Chibiusa kind of realizes that she should stay away, because I think she wants to be close to where Sailor Moon is. Because, again, because Sailor Moon has been kind of brought up to her as this heroic idol, and she wants to believe that Sailor Moon can make everything right again. So she keeps trying to go out to where Sailor Moon is. I, I think that's what's happening here. Uh, but, man, Ami was wicked boss in this episode. And it, it always warms my heart to see Ami get really tough and angry because even during a conflict, Ami is generally very passive and calm and is more about, okay, what are the logical steps to get to a conclusion where we all don't die? And I relate to that a lot as someone who, in a conflict, tends to kind of observe and back off and kind of tries to keep tensions low and come to a res- resolution kind of without fighting. But man, sometimes you gotta just make the ultimatum, step up and fight it out. And it's really just great to see Ami get to do that. Yeah, and I really, um, <laughs> I couldn't help but think about Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, when they're playing chess, you know, for, uh, 
like with high stakes. I was thinking like, man, this yeah. is so crazy. I guess you can, if you write it well enough, you can make anything high stakes, really. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, the the games the game genre has quite a few things in it. Um, Akagi and Kaiji are two pretty popular ones that I'm not very familiar with, but have been told are very good. Uh, a series currently running, Death Parade, uh, is very, very good, which is high stakes, all kinds of games, for reasons. Very good show. Uh, I would definitely recommend it. Hmm. But I also thought it was interesting uh, getting back to the topic of our show, uh, that Ami's, originally when she's playing chess with herself in the control room, how that's sort of treated as a replacement for raised psychic powers. Yeah, that was interesting. Where Ami kind of logics her way to, kind of logics her way through all of the potential outcomes, which is what you do in chess. And how they kind of all turn to that, like, okay, well, we don't have Ray here, so maybe Ami can kind of help us with this. <laughs> yeah, that is funny, especially because, um, you know, she's uh, put up against Berthier, who has this uh, dousing ability, and it's like they're coming at it from different uh, perspectives. And I'm wondering something about the um, the black or the uh, the malefic dark crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, wow, that's that's a mouthful. Um, yes. <laughs> but uh, I'm wondering, like, I, I almost feel because I, I noticed that Rubius has the, um, he has, like, e- pendant earrings or whatever yes. made of the Malefic Dark Crystal. And I'm thinking, like, how counter to, uh, like, how how far are we going to go with countering or e- equaling, being like an equal opposite force to the legendary Silver Crystal and Silver Millennium? Um, it's funny that with Dark Kingdom, you would think Silver Millennium or the Moon Kingdom versus Dark Kingdom, they'd have all these like really tight parallels. Um, but I almost feel like we're going to get it even more here, and that like Chibi Usa is definitely tied into that. And um, it's like I'm really enjoying the thematic uh, aspect of it, and I, I can see things going to a place where like everything's kind of connected to each other, um, yeah. like in a really well crafted way. So. Yeah, uh, we're we're definitely heading for a lot a lot of interesting things in Black Moon. Uh, I remember a lot of different pieces to this puzzle, and not quite how they all fit together. So I'm I'm really excited to kind of get those missing pieces again. But I'm very interested to see how you're going to react to things that I know are coming. Uh, specifically, things with the foreshadowing we mentioned earlier. <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that concludes our, uh, our meat and veggie section, um, which I never mentioned we were actually starting with. Um, but, I mean, by now, everyone uh, who is, is kind of used to us going through this kind of knows our format. Yeah. So, that's, us- that's always where we start. Right, right. So, you know, into the frills now. Um, so, kind of going along with what I was just saying, um, Berthier seems to be experiencing a sympathy with Ami. Um, and I gotta wonder, did her, you know, Spectre sister, <laughs> I think it's funny how close it is to, like, soul sister, anyway, um, Koan experience a sympathy with Ray, and, like, you know, here we go, more into it, are, are these sisters developing powers like the Sailor Guardians to mimic and defeat them? Um, they're definitely operating kind of on the same playing field, because, again, there's, there's four of them, there's four, uh, Sailor Guardians around Sailor Moon. Um, but I'm not sure if sympathy is the correct word, and I 
think what they meant when they used the word sympathy in the episode was that uh, Ami is the one most open to emotions and would be kind of the easiest to get at in that way. Where, like, you could really dig into her emotionally and kind of break her down. Because she's not a physical soldier. Um, and that's where that's really Berthier's strength, is to kind of get in your head and mess with you and break you down that way and then take you down. Hmm. Uh, but both sides are taking losses. And I think that's a thing to consider bringing up Cone. Cone hmm. is dead. No, it's true. Cone, Cone is gone, not coming back. Where Ray is just captured and is, I guess, being interrogated, but is also in this kind of black hole room where she's just sort of floating around. And I think that puts the Ayakashi sisters, who are sisters, not just kind of metaphorically, they are oh. actual sisters. Okay. On a much more ruthless path. Like, you just killed my younger sister. So, yeah, I'm. I'm going to be rough with you here. Yeah, I can I can totally see that. I didn't realize they were actual sisters, but I mean that that would make uh that would make sense and uh wow, that so that should be interesting to see when they get to uh the top sister how how pissed she's going to be. Um, <laughs> I imagine it can get pretty ugly, especially cuz um I I guess like by the preview and just by the nature of it, it'll probably be it's going to be Jupiter and then Venus next, right? Yeah. And Venus, it's interesting, as much as Jupiter is, like, this powerhouse, or Makoto is anyway, um, like, Venus also seems, uh, like, to be the chief, uh, knight, or guardian, and she's, like, super powerful. Venus is the leader. Venus, when it was the Silver Millennium, Venus was the leader of the four of them, and Venus has a lot of power and a lot of tricks up her sleeve. Hmm. She knows, Minako knows how to play. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm just thinking about her going back, and uh, she was the one who almost single-handedly, uh, more than anybody, pulled out the. Uh, I mean, did she end up pulling the the holy sword out of the stone? After I believe so. Else I pushed on it. I think she started to, and then everyone else kind of got on with her and made okay. the final pull. I think that's how it went. Okay, but, yeah, but it was it was Minako's sword in the Silver Millennium. Ah, okay, that makes sense. She was actually we had Sailor Moon using it. Uh, in Crystal, but back in the manga, it was Minako using the sword. Okay. So, Minako knows how to go. <laughs> yeah, and, um, like, I thought it was really, uh, that was really well put across in this episode, uh, just during the, uh, like, the end of the fight scene. Like, she really kicked some butt there. Um, yeah. So that was cool to see. Um, oh, but, you know, back to more really happy, wonderful things. Um, Naru is so sweet, uh, to try to cheer up Usagi. Naru, Naru is a precious treasure who deserves far more than she gets in this show. Uh, she deserves such, so much credit. She's such a good friend, uh, especially in the first series where she was attacked a good handful of times every arc and really, like, never left town and just always, <laughs> always stuck by Usagi. Just even when things got weird. It's just, no, you're my best friend and she's a huge sweetheart and I hope... Kind of in the years beyond Sailor Moon, she went on and did some great things with herself. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but I know how you feel. Um, yeah. I, I <clears throat> anyway, moving on. Uh, so um, I don't. I feel a little conflicted saying this, but uh, I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, you can call me out if you need to, and like like I need to give you permission. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so, uh, I, I'll frame this the way I usually frame this, if I ever do say it. <clears throat> Berthier is acting like a bitch uh, to be playing at Ami's fears uh, of being left by her friends just as her dad left. Um, the fact that she, or that, that Ami's dad taught her the importance of swimming in chess, too, is a little uh, stretchy and cheesy, but it um, was also freaking awesome how it played out, so I can totally forgive it. And uh, I actually thought it was one of the like most impactful things of the episode. Yeah, I mean, it it did dig at me the way Berthier was toward Ami, but she is a villain, and her <laughs> sister had just been killed. True. So true. I mean, not that I'm defending her doing terrible things, but her motivation is pretty clear, going all in to try and really tear into Ami, and especially kind of with the goals of the Dark Kingdom. Uh, they want what they want, and they're going to get it. So, I mean, it, she was rough, and <laughs> it, hit, it hit home. And I, I think for a lot of people who relate to Ami, that will hit home. But, man, Ami's comeback was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd had kind of a rough day before watching this episode, so seeing Ami kind of break, kind of really break down under under Berthier and then snap out of it he, like hear Usagi and see all of her friends minus Ray of course but then kind of really come out of it like what she's saying there's a tr- and Ami says like there's a truth to what you're saying but my friends are here now and like that was just really wonderful to see cuz sometimes things hurt and things get rough and in this world, things get life or death rough. But you've got to stand by what you know and what you feel, and Ami really has that. And it was it was just really great to see how how hard Ami was willing to fight and win, just on the power of her of her feelings for her friends. Because we've seen a lot of Usagi's feelings for her friends, and now we're really getting that perspective from the other girls. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't disagree with you. I really, um, was impressed too with, uh, how, uh, <laughs> the segment where Berthier was really going at her, like, it, it got me misty. I won't deny it. Yeah. Oh no. Through <laughs> Ami's whole, I cried through Ami's whole comeback. <laughs> I, I cried like a baby. <laughs> but, oh man, in, during that, the little, the flashbacks of little tiny Ami were so cute. <laughs> Ami was such a cute tiny little girl and i'm i am glad this arc is showcasing more of their lives kind of before and away from usagi more because we really didn't have a lot of room for that back in dark kingdom where now the girls are fighting one-on-one and we have more time to really get to know them better yeah which i love and you know a couple weeks ago we were saying uh, again uh the show needs so much more of this one-on-one stuff and and I'm I'm sure I feel like it'll definitely keep going at this point. Yeah, there's there's a lot that's going to be provided for us. All right, and uh I know I touched on this already, but I just got to say it again. Uh that epic uh chess match was uh, you know, epic. It was just so it like was. That it was so, so fantastic. Good. And I mean like it's got to be hard to make chess <laughs> really interesting. Right. I mean, I when I was in middle school, they tried to teach me to play chess. I mean, and by me, I mean everyone in this weird math class I was in. They just tried, there was like 
good week or two where they just tried to teach us all to play chess, and I don't know how to play chess. It's hard and confusing, and I think making it more about the conversation than chess itself and using chess as the framework really made it exciting. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's, you know, like you mentioned, the the game or sports uh, kind of anime or manga, that's kind of how they do things, and it, it's really effective, so that's cool. Yeah. Also, Mamoru has this little tuxedo mask doll in his apartment. <laughs> Just has it on hand. Why? Where did he get that? It seems more like something that Usagi would have, because, you know, he's her prince and all. I mean, it was it was really funny that he just pulls this thing out, and it felt so much kind of like the dorky Mamoru that I knew and loved in my childhood, where he would wear, like, lavender jeans all the time. <laughs> he, just, he just has this thing, and he's just doing, doing this little puppet show for this little girl to cheer her up. I just really want to know where he got it. Did Usagi... It, it seems too well made for Usagi to have made it for him. <laughs> I, l- I love that you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, did did he... He couldn't have bought it somewhere. Did, did Makoto make it for him? Because she has those skills. Mm. Maybe Luna made it? I don't know. It's just, why do you have this tiny doll of yourself? <laughs> yeah, that is really funny. I mean, I knew it was ridiculous when I saw it, but just to hear the full-blown, uh, like, detailing of why it's so ridiculous is, that's good stuff. Um, yeah, it was funny the way he said, um, I was line about, speaking of lines, we're, we're about to move into our best line of the episode section. Um, but his thing about, like, don't look sad or this rose will wilt, um, rem- that's so, that's so 90s Mamoru! I love yeah. it! It I was, was going to so say, good. like, that had to have been a nod to the 90s, Mamoru, right? Because he was it super cheesy. It had to be. Because it's so cheesy, and his whole thing was just terrible plans and roses. And I don't know if you've seen the gif, like, where he's disguised as Santa Claus in a parade. But <laughs> uh, I, I'll have to find that for you uh, one okay. day. N- that'll Old be, ser- album, first that'll series be an album Mamoru. cover. First series Mamoru is a treasure. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, well, <laughs> uh, ready for best lines? Yes. Uh, I've got two because I refuse to to choose. Um, never choose. <laughs> so we'll do first... the script for the whole episode. <laughs> uh, first best line is, uh, um, I can do that too. This is a Luna P ball. I call it Luna P, and that was Chibi Usa. That was so cute. I mean, you'd think Luna would have a slightly different reaction to this. And I think back in the first series she did, where she'd be a little more interested in Luna P, like, that's literally a giant ball of my face with my name. What's going on here? Instead of just kind of sitting there like, okay, what? <laughs> but that that was so cute on Chibi Yusa's part, and having to just go, small lady, small lady. Yeah, yeah that was really funny. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, and then second, um, it's, this isn't the second best line. It's just the second best line I chose, because, yeah, I'm doing them in order. Um, which was Ami's, uh, badass checkmate. Yes. I mean, it was uh-huh. one line, so simple, but, like, so well animated, delivered, directed, everything was perfect. Yeah, and, I mean, 
Like, you have to deliver that moment well, or the entire thing will fall through. Um, my best line of the episode is a little more sentimental. I picked the sentimental one this time. Um, was Ami's, even if we become separated, the love that I received from them, my friends, will never fade away. Uh, Ami totally destroying during this chess match. And that really, you know, hit home, hit where it counts. Because uh, that's something I relate to a lot. I've gone in and out of a lot of friendships over the years who hasn't, but they all still kind of mean a lot to me. So, just that was a really nice sentiment. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, like, I could have picked way more Ami stuff, but, uh, you know, I knew I knew you'd be picking something, so I thought... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's because that's Ami's my girl. <laughs> yeah, she's so awesome, so... Um, Okay, so, uh, and then another new section, which I don't know if we're actually going to be able to do this every week or not, but, um... But, uh, as it comes up, we'll do it. Yeah. Um, more vocabulary building from Takeuchi, because, uh, apparently the lady does her research, so, um... Picking yeah. words. <laughs> I, I had to wonder, what the heck is malefic? And I went ahead and just Googled it, and I came up with results. It's an adjective. Supposedly it's a more literary word. Um, or there's a literary application and there's an astrological application. So in uh, literature, it's supposed to mean causing or capable of causing harm or destruction, especially by supernatural means. Which which, which very f- much fits. I I knew it was. I just figured it was like okay, malefic, bad, because I <laughs> mal mal is bad. Right. So I'm like okay, it's just it's a bad crystal. This is the bad crystal. <laughs> but I mean that's a very more specific. Uh, the 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 more specific definition still fits in a very nice way. Yeah, especially because like um, the legendary silver crystal has resurrected people and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. if uh, my little theory is working out that the malefic crystal, dark crystal, is just like boom destruction, pretty much power for destruction. Um, so that'll be fun. And then astrologically speaking, uh, because um, I mean, there's some astrology in here, I guess you could say, or maybe astronomy at least. Um, uh, so I guess relating to the, to the planets, uh, Saturn and Mars specifically, and it's traditionally considered to have an unfavorable influence. So I guess Saturn yeah, and Mars um, are supposed to be negative. Yeah, uh, in astrology. And actually that relates to a storyline we'll come to in Sailor Moon later if Crystal goes further. Because we do have more than just, uh, the inner four planets. As we've noticed, we have Sailor Pluto in the opening. And we do bring in everyone in between. Hmm. Very cool. So we we go to the other side of the asteroid belt then. Yeah, we definitely we have uh, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. And uh, Saturn's whole storyline is about Saturn and destruction. So uh, she she definitely looked into the meanings of things. Yeah, I, I'm so glad it wasn't just an appropriation of names of stuff to sound cool, that there's, like, some interweaving yeah, she, with actual... she definitely uh, didn't honor this. <laughs> hey, I... No, I, I can't, I I can't lo- fight against I love Anno. <laughs> personally, I love Anno. I think Anno and I would get along very well, because I think Anno and I feel the exact same way about Evangelion. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm not even gonna open that can of worms right now. <laughs> I respect Dave and Gellion, but it's it's not a thing that I can do. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, uh, and at that, I think we're going to have to close out. Um, yeah. I think we maybe we'll have to have a special time we talk about Evangelion, because that's just... I can't resist One that. Day. I mean, I, I can't say too much. I've only watched uh, End of Evangelion. Okay. Oh boy. Which I watched which I watched for a class. Okay. So I didn't even I didn't even have a choice there. Oh that sucks. I was forced to watch End of Evangelion against my will. Oof. That's really rough. <laughs> yeah, no, see see that's why I avoid Evangelion. Cause I can't handle it. <laughs> Oh man, that's so great! I can't. And really, the only reason I had to watch End of Evangelion is because I also can't handle body horror, and therefore skipped Akira the week before. And I was uh, only allowed to skip one class because it was a half semester class. Um, like I picked the wrong, I made the wrong choice. I guess so, man. So, but I gotta say, um, uh, I'll catch flack for this probably, but I think you did yourself a service in skipping Akira. <laughs> well, I've seen, I have seen Akira. Okay. It's just, I didn't think I could take doing Akira again. Uh, I didn't think it was very good. And it was just gross. Yeah. I mean, I, I like a lot of the stuff before that. Like, I like a lot of stuff in the beginning, kind of all the setup to it, but then you get to, like, the giant psychic kind of baby mutant. And I'm like, no. <laughs> No, I don't think I can do that again. And then I went in for End of Evangelion, and I'm like, mm, I may have made the wrong choice. <laughs> but, I mean, we did also watch the Utena movie, and that was fun, because I was the only one in class who got it. Oh, that's fun. Because I was, I was the only one with any experience with Utena. <laughs> All right, well, before we turn this into, um like, a random anime show, uh, we should say goodbye. And thank yes. you for listening, everybody. Yeah, this is- Definitely thanks for tuning in with us again every week. Come back next week. More more uh, Ayakashi sisters. More people getting kidnapped, maybe. Fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Yeah, I feel, I feel really bad that I'm like so excited about what's going to happen next, even though I'm pretty sure people are going to get kidnapped and tortured. But, like, you know, in, in a good way. Oh, right? yeah, no, like, I'm, I'm all excited for the story, but also I'm just scared for my girls because I know stuff is going to happen. Because <laughs> I do... Like I said, I remember a lot of different pieces of this arc, and then not really a lot of the things that connect them. So I'm I'm both excited and scared because it's been I'm t- oh god I'm old, but it's been a good maybe fifteen years since I've seen this arc. Yeah, well, I, uh, it's just it's fun. It's fun to be going through anyway. Um, yeah, it is. Okay, uh, once again, and for reals this time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Later, everyone. (laughs)